Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I know what you want to say. I think that you're all the same. Constantly being led astray. You think you know something you don't. All right holiday times coming to you on christmas eve hopefully as i said last week hopefully you're getting to spend some time with some people that you care about unfortunately for james wiseman he doesn't get to spend it with his memphis teammates because the ncaa is a ridiculous corrupt organization that exists for no other reason than to preserve its own tax-exempt status and keep kids broke but that is for another time we can yeah we can, maybe we can we can, maybe we can lump them we can lump them in with the the, the mormon church while we're talking about taxes statuses yeah we could easily you know that's a, a classic <laughs> get sean worked up for 35 minutes yeah. sort of topic so yeah. maybe we'll deal with that another time uh but fortunately you, you guys will be <laughs> spared that at least for now uh because kevin's here hey kevin yeah. hello uh, making yeah. his triumphant return, and he has yes. an idea. Yes. Yeah, so I, normally when I come on here, we talk about sports, but uh, nothing really catching my interest these days. So um, Pierce and I, last night, we decided to get some snacks to go along with our, um, our beer drinking activities, Ooh. and I kind of came to the realization that the two things that we chose, mm-hmm. while I still found them addictive and ate a bunch of them i wouldn't necessarily call them good or Mm. uh they didn't have the qualities of what i consider a a good snack chip yeah and uh Mm. so i figured it'd be good to chat about what what does make a good snack chip yeah what, what we find appealing and i'm just i'm curious too from from your from from the jump with with what we had because we actually chose we chose the fuego takis which I had not had before. Um, and then we also had the Utz Carolina-style barbecue chips. I mean, oh, and I, I like think those. to add a little... Uh, yeah, I do too, so I'm, I think they're good. But, you know, Kevin, I think you come from this, as, as, especially for with the barbecue chip uh, perspective. You you are someone who this is... This is pretty ridiculous. You're, <laughs> you are renowned for, for your enjoyment and history with the barbecue chip, I think, particularly. Yeah, when I was younger, I there was this uh, brand Martin's, and mm-hmm. they had these waffle barbecue potato chips, which I will contend are the greatest the greatest chips that have ever been created. But um, yeah, I've always had a complicated history with Uts, and it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To me, they just it seems like they're they're so addictive. But I don't actually think the flavor is that great. And with these Carolina, so part of the reason with the Carolina ones that I didn't like them is that I'm not a big salt and vinegar person. Mm. So yeah, mm. I kind of found them to be a mix of salt and, and vinegar that, mixed I, with barbecue. I so think it, that it that goes into uh, too, and, and we'll get into this. But there's a there's a certain level of 
it can be a good, a well-executed chip. I think stylistically, this chip was executed in a way that was good, but you maybe don't like the taste of it. Um, but there is a lot of, you bring up something which is a lot of brand loyalty. You mentioned Martin's, you mentioned Utz. Um, Frito-Lay Doritos is a brand that includes Lay's as well. Some people, you know, the sales week to week, that's what dictates a lot of what I'm buying when I buy chips. And there's some brand loyalty, which is if you're a big Lay's person, you might take a chance on their dill pickle or their weird, like, savory and sweet flavor that they come out with and are trying something or a ketchup chip, whatever it is. And you'll, you're like, I like the way they execute a chip. Um, but that's that's maybe not the most exciting types of how you choose what makes a good chip. I mean, Sean, I have to say, I'm not, I've never been a big barbecue chip fan, but I like the ones last night. Are you thinking when you go and buy and you're taking a chance on a chip, what what is appealing to you? Oh, my God. Um, well, I, so I would say I don't take a lot of chip chances necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm a creature mm. of habit. My habit mm-hmm. tends to be more towards the barbecue end of the spectrum. I actually also really like salt and vinegar. So one of the tough things for me in this realm is that I actually tend to be more of a sweet person. Uh, mm. But it's also not like a reasonable way to live your life when you're in your late 20s to like go around eating sweet stuff all the time. Uh, so, you know, you get... you. Even though vinegar is notably, you know, tart and tangy, there, you know, it, it comes from, on some level, it comes from fruit. And so there, there's an element of that sort of sweetness that's still there. And so that is something that I know kind of lingers for me. I, I, I like barbecue chips. I like salt and vinegar. Every once in a while when I want to be fancy, there, there's some of those brands that sell the overpriced chips and delis that have like a Maui onion sort of flavor. And those oh, are yeah, really I'm quite not familiar good with that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know this all seems a little silly. Like we're trying to put together a guide to buying chips. That's not just pick a flavor. And if you like it, <laughs> great. If not uh, tough titty, you lost $3 on the deal. And that's and that's part of it too. You mentioned not taking chances, but the nice thing about chips is you're rolling a die, and there there aren't a lot of repercussions except then you. It's you a very like, you have some. It's a low stakes people over, game. and then you're like, try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know, Kevin and I, you know, had two bags of chips. So if we didn't like one, you know, the other person eat the other, or I'll, I'll see people later. They also a lot of times can last forever. I mean, the takis. If you've never seen a, a taki, it is. It looks kind of like a Dorito that's been rolled up yes. into a, a, a tube and then is dusted in this stuff, which my hands are going to be dyed red for, for days now. It's, Correct. it's an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, the gimmick is an appeal there for me. You know, having this weird <laughs> chip, um, like back in the day when they had the, I guess the Doritos, the 3D ones that were kind of triangular oh, and puffed. Terrible. Well, Doritos I mean, also has a version of the Takis. They've got the little rolled... Oh, chili lime yeah. things. Yeah. So my problem with the Takis is that it, it has that physical aspect to it where you can see the damage on your fingers. And yeah. You're like this is this has a disgusting amount of salt on it. See, isn't that yeah. kind it's of, of flavor? And that isn't that maybe kind of yeah. beneficial, like for self, like it for is. accountability purposes. 
It is because I buy the I buy late July chips at Mom's, which is the hoity-toity grocery store across the way, which I love. It's a great experience. And then the chips will be on sale for like two fifty, and so I'll frequently get a bag. I'm like, oh, I'll have some people over, or it's a good snack. And in my mind, I think because it's at Mom's and they're like we're organic and we have quinoa in these, I am even buying into the marketing of this isn't so bad. But it's a potato chip. Well, it's not, well, it's not a potato chip, which I think is important here. It's actually a tortilla chip and quinoa, whatever. And it's not it's not good for me. It's just like a you know a starchy thing with salt on it. It's lovely. I like it. I don't eat a lot of carbs anyway. It's not on purpose, but just it happens, so it adds to that. But I'm buying it as marketing, whereas your Fuego Takis, they're shame built in, and that is good. So I, I have one other struggle in this, which is that my my favorite chip is not eating chips. It's the pretzel pieces. You know, the little, the little nuggets that are kind of broken up and, and dusted oh. in their own sort of nuclear flavor powders. I, I like the honey mustard mm-hmm. and onion one a lot. Go, going yeah. you know, going back to the same, you know, sweet and salty place. So we um, should probably box it in a little bit because I I would say I don't want to include tortilla chips, but... Doritos are tortilla chips and Fritos are tortilla chips, but they've been made into some weird amalgam. So I think there has to be some kind of flavor. It can't just be tortilla or we probably shouldn't include include pretzel pieces either, though I think it's oh, no, much sure. closer to a Yeah. So that's why I say snack chips. It's like a chip that has a flavor. And I would include regular potato chips too, because those are those taste like potato chips yeah. well I, I think that the different categories for me i i crave different things with them so with the potato chips bar, like barbecue potato chips i do want that bit of sweet in it but when it comes oh. to tortilla chips i'm kind of more into or i guess corn chips in general I'm more mm-hmm. into the subtler flavors yeah um and i, I don't know if you guys i, I was thinking the, with the noted you, uh... subtlety and nuance of the american <laughs> snack market yeah, hints of lime. Yeah, yeah. those are always yeah. uh, classic. He I, I says, that, as one yeah, of the two people on this podcast that has recently eaten a product called Fuego Takis. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, it's interesting too because because I think there's an archetype here, and I thought with your your barbecue chips, Kevin, you were going to say video games um, because I think that those go together, um, and that also makes me think of Doritos, and I think nothing goes. Doritos are, you know, with, I think, because I think they're related to Mountain Dew in a way, or they have, they cross pollinate a lot. And I think of Halo and I think of, um, uh, you know, Game Fuel, Mountain Dew, things like that. There's the, the, the nuances, it's all like jam packed and, and action and, but seated action. And I, I think that's really something lovely about this, this, this whole, the, the whole market of uh, these potato chips is like you're sitting down doing something it really makes your eyes uh you know involved or, or, or something like that it's it's a very strange marketing strategy but those are what go together well, i don't know if doritos and mountain dew was a deliberate marketing marketing strategy i think it maybe it was just people found out that it was a magical combo i think and pepsi it... owns frito-lay oh okay i don't know yeah i can i can check on that i figured they're i always figure they're all the same they all build up to the same top dog I, I just think it would be good the to man. check on that because that would be, yeah, you know, that 
that would be a, a pretty significant consideration. Frito Lay is an American subsidiary of PepsiCo. Um, oh. Each brand has generated annual worldwide sales over $1 billion, uh, I guess, since 2009. Jesus. So they make a ton of money. Right, but it's not, you know, it's not Mountain Dew and KC Masterpiece. Well, no, they're not in the same bottle, but but Pepsi owns, uh, but Pepsi is Mountain Dew, is is Fritos, is Dill Pickle Lays. But, you know, I I think it's important, you you know, you don't want to let the cat totally out of the bag with the Martin's tortilla chips. But when you're in your safe chip-eating environment, um, probably not wearing white clothing because there's going to be some kind of dust going on, uh, you know, really comfortable setting. What is something that you're looking for without saying like, oh, I always have this this go to? I mean, for me, I think with the the flavors and the the takis, I am attracted to the gimmick. I'm giving in to to that. Uh, uh, there's a local company called Route Eleven Potato Chips, and they make a uh, Mama Zuma's Revenge, so like a, mm-hmm. a take on Mama Zuma, and they are chips that make me cry. They are so spicy. But beautiful labeling, beautiful packaging, and the chips are—I mean, the chips are very good. But I am going into it. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can eat these chips. I'm tough, and also the the label is appealing. I am giving <laughs> into the gimmick, so I haven't even opened the bag, and I'm in. This is the dumbest podcast we've ever done. By the factory. No, I mean, this is, but this is the American consumer, which oh we are par- consumer it, which we are. Yeah, let's try to of. let's try to make it uh, deep. I, I'm um, I'm okay. acknowledging the gimmicks, and I'm I'm into that. So I I think for me, one of the things that I really look for, you know, in a fine chip, uh, is good structural integrity. And what what I mean by that is that Lay's potato chips have the most useless texture of any snack that's ever been invented. They're here, here. completely here, here. worthless. And whatever, I, we're, I guess we're not going to get that PepsiCo money. No one should buy Lay's. They're awful. Um, they have some flavors that I enjoy, but every single time I eat a, a, Lay, a Lay's potato chip of some kind, I wish that it were like a kettle chip. Or something sturdier with some ridges in it. Yeah, basically open a uh, a bag of any type of Lay's chips, and it's like the the potato contents have been cremated. They're Correct. they're already just disintegrating. It's terrible. I mean, Kevin, are you gonna you're gonna defend Lay's here? No, actually, I never really thought about how much structural integrity matters to me. But uh, the, thinking the, about the, it, the engineer a, didn't think it's about a structural big deal. integrity. So I think that's probably my problem with Uts is that I think that their chips are also sure. flimsy. Oh, that's that's fair. Mm. I, I agree. But there, of course, you need that because the most important thing, even more important, I think, than any flavor, what you're looking for out of this kind of a snack is one of the most iconic onomatopoeias of all time. You're there for crunch. If a third of the bag is already dust, you can't crunch dust. Yeah, and that speaks to the appeal of, uh, you know, the the kettle chips and Doritos are very crunchy. They are Fritos, very very crunchy, substantial. I 
I don't. I think you should be able to enjoy the chip on its own too. Um, I'm not big. I've never gotten the dip thing. Also, if you've got a lace chip, I don't even know how you put a dip on that because it's just going to break in half. Very, but very the, gently with a paintbrush. Yeah. I think. <laughs> the idea of chips and dip that I, I want to be able to enjoy it on its own. I think an unadorned chip, a, a, a vehicle by itself, is is really good. I, I, Kevin, I I get the sense you feel similarly. Yeah, I never really understood it when you go to a party and they have the original flavor lays and like spinach artichoke dip like you're oh, supposed that's to a dip party you go to and... you can barely dip more substantial chips in spinach artichoke dip yeah. I, which i i love spinach artichoke dip deeply but it's it's very difficult to do with anything thinner than like a you know a, a fried out piece of a pita yeah basically but need a, a tortilla chip a tortilla chip and salsa is obviously you know, a masterpiece. But other than that, yeah, I'm not big on the dipping. Like, the chip should be able to be enjoyed standalone. Yeah, which I think is a criterion on on itself, is, is that it's 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 its own thing. So we've got structural integrity. I'm in it for the gimmick. I, I mean, are you, are you open to, could a flavor sway you? You could think, maybe I don't like this type of chip, but you will go in and you'll try a new flavor, and that could be something you, that is appealing? Or are you more... Give me something simple. Uh, like I, I think, like I said earlier, it, de- it will depend on the if I'm doing the the corn chip route or the yeah. the potato chip route. Uh-huh. I think I'm much more open to new flavors with my with my potato chips. Yeah. Um, and I, I always do gravitate toward the the barbecue. Mm-hmm. So it's... It, it, it's kind of tough because I've had so many barbecues that like a new one unless it's my favorite you know why would i ever get it again so that also leads me to i think with uh when you get popcorn that comes in those buckets like the tin buckets you have basically the neapolitan type of popcorn there's the cheese there's the caramel there's the the regular and you have neapolitan ice cream you know chocolate vanilla and then they're like uh strawberry but you have those three is there are there i mean i think with potato chips it's probably regular barbecue and then is it like are there th- is there a third one is there a a, a, a staple like a triangle of, of flavors i think sour cream and onion is what you learn as a kid but no one actually eats those or salt and vinegar you don't learn i don't think you learn salt and vinegar as a child because every child vinegar is very high on the list of things that all kids think is gross yeah, and I love salt and vinegar, but they take they take like my taste buds and they just kind of come off. They like kill kill my mouth. For a oh few yeah, days you afterwards. can't. I, I love salt and vinegar chips, but you can't eat more than like eleven of them, or else you won't be able to <laughs> taste anything for the rest of the week. Yeah, it's it's chemical burn on your tongue, and it's kind of like it might be kind of worth it. Like they they taste good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And there's also the like the the cheesy ones, which kind of sound gross. And I feel like the first the first one that you have is gross, but then you have like ten of them, and then you. Can't uh, I think Uts is a good one. It, you know, and we didn't even mention. Uh, well, we sort of mentioned you mentioned kettle chips, but maybe the third one is actually like a a Ruffles Ridges chip because those there's just something about the ridges. If you are gonna go the dip route, if you're listening to this and you're kind of rogue and you like that 
they have the ridges, they really add something, and it still tastes like a potato chip as opposed to a, a Frito, which is substantial and is great for things like Frito pie. Um, so perfect, they named a, a lovely, uh, I would say, a regional dish after it. Um, you know, but those don't taste like a potato chip. So if you want that that interplay, um, you're not getting it elsewise. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's hard, and maybe that speaks to how how many wild and ill-advised directions we've gone with the potato chip industry and the the flavor, the snack chip industry flavors. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I I appreciate that the the kettle like the kettle company has all of these wild flavors like you can get pepperoncini flavored chips they have like a korean Ooh. barbecue flavor uh, i don't particularly want to eat those but it's neat that someone's doing it i wonder who they're doing mm-hmm. it for uh, <laughs> yeah they also do stuff with avocado oil and himalayan pink salt which is that that's do. just those are spe- uh those chips I, are really we, good yeah, but speaking of gimmicks, it's a gimmick. It, it's a gimmick, and it's appealing. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm, uh, it's, it's healthy. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's still a, a potato chip. Yeah. It's, it's marginally better. Maybe. So Who I knows? don't really know what I don't really know what final product we are are building toward right now. Well, I mean, I have I I wrote down I wrote down my three favorite I, I, that have come to mind like my three top chips, and I'm interested to see if we kind of have some some overlap in thinking about things like structural integrity and in gimmicks and everything else uh and i think to get from a couple different realms i mean first off kevin i think we both do you also have an affinity for for some in the corn chip category yes i i've always loved doritos uh i, I think that they are yeah, they're, they're the king of the mountain for a reason. Yeah, uh, and I think what, kind of what I'm realizing as I'm as I'm talking about it is, I don't like the intense flavor unless there's like a good amount of, of tanginess oh. to it. And I think that when they when something gets that combo right, then it catapults up to like my favorite types of chips. I think also with Doritos in in the fa- in your favorite flavor, when you ask someone, you can learn a lot about them. Um, we kind of talked about this last night because we went to Taco Bell and I got one of the Doritos Locos tacos. Um, but my actual favorite Doritos flavor, which I put on here, is the uh, the purple bag. The, yeah, the, the sweet chili. The that's, sweet chili. That's mine, mine as well. Um, you got to watch out for people who who their favorite flavor is nacho cheese because that's just I think that's the third of three um, of their that, of their main just flavors. Like, at that point, I think you just really like washing your hands. <laughs> yeah, which I mean is 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 fine, but uh, Doritos are an incredible product, and I think they are uniquely American in that it's clearly we've appropriated the tortilla chip, but then made it into something that is is very terrible, um, but still somehow very tasty. Uh, and, and I I think they're they're really a, a you know incredible invention because that's what they are. Someone had to think of that and be like. Let's make a chip with with like uh, flavored and colored flecks of really nothing. I mean, they're totally fake, um, but they're incredibly tasty. This is wild. A few weeks ago, we were a Slate Money Meta podcast. Now we're just doing Frito Lay Spawn Con. What? Yeah. What have we become? 
I mean, we don't have to publish this episode if we don't want to. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know who owns Tostitos, but um, we're just throwing stuff out there. Lay product. Is it well, not? I think that the, the to have something with nuance, Kevin. To, to Kevin's point, uh, what about the hint of lime chips? I think that those are are simple and and beautiful. They really are just Doritos for people who are in denial about liking Doritos. But I think they're they're great and they can be enjoyed alone. They can be a weird film on your mouth. It's it's lovely. Yeah, I think it's an incredibly you know if we, if we go back to maybe the thought of a. A type of draft thought. I think those are fine. Those are fine, safe picks, like a solid offensive lineman. Oh, and they're like no one's gonna freak out about them or anything. They're not yeah. gonna change. They're not gonna change your life or change your franchise. But you know, they're well. They're, I mean, they're a good pick. To to that point, Sean, do you have a a game changer, a skill position player for this for this draft that goes closer to the top? Ooh, um, yeah, yes, actually, I do. I have a, a, a flashy uh, a flashy high profile receiver, if you will. Uh, oh, Percy Harvin? Something something that I found once uh, in Market Street Market in Charlottesville. Uh, and it's a brand called Torres. And this, uh, this goes against what I said about structural integrity before, because these definitely tend a little more towards the Lay's end of the spectrum. Uh, but they have uh, Iberico ham flavored chips. Wow! Yeah, yeah, those are really. I feel good. like that's a. I feel like that's a waste of Iberico ham, but I support it. I feel like you're the uh, the scout who's coming back talking about how amazing uh, Giannis is, and we're just yes, like, yes, oh, really. I'm pretty it's confident just... that I am on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also I'm also very confident. I'm even more confident that there's no actual Iberico ham used in the making of these chips at all. There's no <laughs> way. Clearly, yeah. there's oh, that's... not. But you know, there's just you know, there's like a, a little bit of smokiness. There, there's some, you know, they they those those pigs eat nuts, so there's a little bit of nuttiness to it. It's just man, they're really good. Yeah. They're my Randy I, Moss. I, I, I tried to explain Randy Moss to my sister the other day, uh, or yesterday, as as we were watching Michael Thomas break not just uh, known uh, known terrifying person Marvin Harrison's single season receptions record, but Randy Moss's record for uh, the most receiving yards in one's first four seasons in the league. Uh, oh. And I realized uh, I I'm not. I consider myself to have something of a way with words and just, there was no way to adequately describe Randy Moss. Yeah. Just, just better. Yeah. You show the highlight where he, uh, catches it before the half and does like the behind the back one handed flip to, uh, his teammate and he runs it in for the score. That's, that's Randy Moss. Just better than everyone at everything. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, Kevin, you know, Randy Moss played at Marshall, which I'm sure you have some awareness from, given given your your roots. But not everyone is familiar with a high profile player who's who's drafted kind of highly from Marshall. Do you have more of like a powerhouse school? Um, 
chip for this draft, you know, skill position player again, someone that we've we've heard of and that we know. Yeah, so um the the Pringles barbecue chip has always kind of intrigued me. Uh it's you know, it's a pretty well-known again, a well-known brand and um the like I would if someone asked me to describe what it tastes like, I wouldn't say that it tastes like barbecue, no. but it I don't know the the it has just enough flavor to keep you interested, uh, but it doesn't make you feel gross while you're eating it. So yeah, I feel Pr- like you can, I guess it, eat the whole tube in this case, not the bag. Pringles <laughs> are like Dippin' Dots. They're this idea of the future, but like the future has come and that was not the future. But they're still around. Like you you go to a baseball game, it's like, oh, they still have Dippin' Dots, um, and they still have Pringles and like the pizza flavor and weird. Stuff like that. Speaking of weird Pringles flavors, I have to reveal one of my great chip guilty pleasures. A thing that I expected to despise, uh, and it turns out I really deeply love. Uh, and that is the seasonal Thanksgiving roasted turkey Pringles. Oh, oh no. I've not had those. Okay. They, They're probably on sale right now. They are basically perfect and i it and i i wanted guys i wanted them to be bad <laughs> they weren't emily and i saw them and she said oh these will these is, this is super interesting i said i kind of feel like this is going to be really terrible she said i bet they're either going to be really terrible or you're going to really like them and it turns out they are amazing yeah who knew chips could be? Yeah, I think that a lot of these chip flavors are polarizing. Either you love them or you hate them. It does match America at this moment. Um, but I, I think that, you know, you mentioned something that I think can be hit or miss, but it is pretty perfect. And it has a, I guess, a nostalgia. It has a regional, regional factor, too. Um, I don't know that Uts are available in all the country. They might be now, but I think they're based um, on the East Coast. It might be... Uh, Pennsylvania um, but I have always adored once you get the palate for it you can't be eating these I think as an 8 year old but Utz the crab chip is really an incredible it's not Old Bay but it kind of tastes like Old Bay it's got a, a lot of the same hits um, if you're from the, the mid-Atlantic area uh, there's a certain affinity for that flavor um, and it's just really really well executed and the Utz chip, we discussed this, it's not as greasy as the Lay's chip. So, you know, maybe Lay's will do an Old Bay thing or, or something like that. But it's it's not too greasy. It's got good structural integrity. And the seasoning is not totally falling off on your hands. So I, I got to say that that's, that's up there for me. I don't have them a lot, and they're really a treat. And I think ultimately, you know, if we're going to put a nice spin on this, for me, I'm thinking these should be treats. You shouldn't eat them all the time. <laughs> That's Because then true. you get to enjoy them more. You get yeah. to enjoy them more. The one major concern with the crab chip is that they are a supercharged version of the salt and vinegar thing, which is that they absolutely mm. destroy <laughs> your palate. Yeah. And they're from Hanover, Pennsylvania, by the way. Great. I have no idea where that is. That really helped. You know. It's uh, it's it's just it's just into Pennsylvania on the other side of the border with Maryland. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, so they're getting those crabs fresh, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> right out yeah, of the they, they River. Get, this is sweet, they sweet get river the, crabs. 
they get those crabs from the same place that the Iberico ham is gotten to the same place that the <laughs> that the cool ranch is gotten for the Doritos. <laughs> Why don't we go further north and talk about one of the the regional specialties of our uh, our upstairs neighbors, Canada, the all dressed chip. What is that? Oh, oh, my friend. The all-dressed chip is a delightful combination of barbecue, salt and vinegar. It, it's all of the flavors. Mm-hmm. Try to get a, I'll get you, have the intern get you a rundown of, of what truly goes into the all-dressed chip. I've, I've only had them, uh, oh no, Ruffles. Yeah, I don't know Ruffles that these are... Version. It's barbecue, oh. ketchup, sour cream and onion, and salt and vinegar all kind of tossed up into one thing. See, this is just this this shows you the sophomoric nature of snack chips because it's really the the kid who goes with his cup at the soda fountain and just gets a little bit of each thing and it's like, wow, this is going to be great. And it tastes fine, but it tastes like sugar. <laughs> right, so yeah, is this available in grocery stores everywhere? Uh, yes, there is now there is a Ruffles variety that is being sold okay. in the U.S. Yeah, I, I, I mean I'll, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it and treat it as a, a, a treat. Um, the one thing that we we haven't mentioned, I'm kind of surprised, Sean. Though I don't know how prevalent it really is there, but we didn't mention Zaps at all, which are very good chips. Well, give give me a second. Give me oh, a okay. damn second. Right. Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I've, uh, I've, I've blown it all. I've, I've given my, my three. Well, I feel like I feel like we haven't. I feel like you and I have monopolized this. So maybe maybe let's get another one from Kevin first. Uh, a, a big vice of mine when I was younger was the uh, the Frito Twist honey barbecue. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, good like, Those go against everything that I that I have said so far they make you feel disgusting while you're eating them but you just you can't stop they they're so good there's so much flavor they have like the little twists so the little dust gets even more condensed inside of the twists i just don't think i've ever seen those in a size larger than what would be like in a vending machine at a middle school well that the worst thing was that at 7-eleven they'd sell them in slightly bigger bags yeah you're right so they'd be like They'd probably be 75% bigger than the vending machine bag, but that puts you in a spot where you start eating it, and you're like, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and finish the bag, and then you yeah. finish yeah, it. Yeah, it's and like the snack it's, size yeah. and then the, the, the guilt size. That's, yeah, so that just that yeah. is uh, is so tangy. Yeah, I, I feel so bad. I keep mentioning nothing but the barbecue chips, but yeah, I guess that's just my uh, I guess that's my thing. It's a good but, price. Um, yeah, those were, those were really good. I don't know why they... They didn't become the the king of the world, but I guess I haven't really seen many other flavor twist Frito varieties. I don't think they made any other ones. I think they <laughs> said, you know, stop drilling. We've hit oil. Um, <laughs> so, I, God, we've been we've been talking about chips for way longer than is healthy. Uh, so maybe maybe I'll I'll close this out. Uh, and, and you mentioned Pierce the Zaps chip, and yes. Uh, the Zaps brand is absolutely a, a regional delight in the southeast. Comes from Louisiana, uh, but another thing that we haven't really mentioned at all 
is chips whose main flavor is spice, spicy. Uh, and so what I'll close with is uh, a, a, a variety called uh, the Zaps Spicy Cajun Craw Tater. Um, it is delightfully piquant. It, uh, it, it heats you up without napalming you like the Mamazuma's Revenge. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> you just, chips that are... Spicy chips are a nice kind of change of pace flavor-wise, but you also, like, you don't want them to ruin your mouth. You don't want them to be so spicy that they're not pleasant to eat. And these chips are... I, I'm not really sure what the spice is. Um, I, I'm, I assume that cayenne is involved somehow. Uh, it, it's, it's basically a food group down here. Uh, mm-hmm. But... They're just, I, you know, not living down here anymore. I get them almost never, uh, but they're just, they're, they're good. And, and they have, Zaps have a little more of the kettle chip sort of structure yeah. to them. They're probably a tad greasier, but they're a little thicker. They're not, they don't disintegrate quite as easily as, as Lay's. So uh, big, big fan of the spicy Cajun crotator. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent one to end on. That's a yes. good selection. It's Get a, them at you your know, local pot bellies. Big big boy, big SEC offensive lineman, a big road road grader, as they say in the scouting business. Yeah, it's very uh, it's it's big and intimidating, but you know it'll it'll play for your franchise for fifteen years. So, yeah. uh, now I, I'd say in general that I, I think it's important to draft for your team's needs and not just take <laughs> the best player available that's 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 a that's a a view for a different pod i think but yeah oh, it's, it's, wow it's well I, thought you know when i was when i was a kid and podcasting was still just a twinkle in somebody's eye somewhere you know i i dreamed that one day i'd get on skype another technology that hadn't been invented yet and talk to some people that I wouldn't go on to meet for nearly 20 years and we would go through a tortured extended metaphor linking football <laughs> drafts to potato chips what a life we all live that just you know as as a year comes to a close as a decade comes to a close i just it's kind of amazing that we've all wound up in this place where we we can feel comfortable like using our time to do dumb shit like this. I think that's something to yeah. celebrate. It's what, what makes privilege. us human. It's what makes us human. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so you know, doing doing a little reminiscing because I I think that with the way all of our travel schedules are, this is probably our last pot of the year mm-hmm. uh so we should we should move on and close out strong with the final pierce sorry of the decade and uh, uh you know do with that yeah. what you will feel free to to give us a sort of correspondingly weighty apology but you know what, whatever it is what what is oh, it that you're i think that for today? especially given this episode and in general how things go i i really wanted to embrace the absurdist uh non sequiturs of of life here 
Um, so I was walking to work the other day, and I believe I was actually on a work phone call, so I had to be very serious and, and focused. Um, but I'm walking to work, and I there's a – it's called Key and Nash. That's the name of the building. It's, it's, kind of, it's pretty fancy. It's recently opened um, – one of those with fake brick and stuff like that. So I'm walking past it. And people who live there, I think probably, they, they're probably attracted to the Himalayan pink salt and, and the avocado oil potato chips. I, I know this in part because I look down and on their nicely manicured tree plantings right there up against the little unnecessary fence thing, there's an avocado, a perfectly ripe avocado just on the street it's about 9 15 9 20 in the morning it's pretty cold outside avocados are notable because they have a thick exterior skin um in the you eat the inside and i am sorry this week to the grocers the the farmers of of avocados all across the world um because i just kept walking and, you know, someone out there, maybe me, maybe other people, could probably have benefited from that avocado. It could have been turned into avocado oil for lovely chips that are really a gimmick. Um, it could have been guacamole. Uh, it could have been avocado toast, which is the reason people don't own homes in this decade, why our generation and some late Gen Xers don't own homes, um, is the avocado. And I let that avocado freeze out in the cold. Um, but at the same time, I didn't know if I should pick up the avocado, if that would be weird. So I, I also am really feeling these social expectations. Um, how do you interact with things? How do you interact with food that goes in the ground? But it's an avocado. None of the important part is, is touching the ground. It's totally safe to eat. But I kept on walking. So, and for that, I'm sorry. So to recap, you are apologizing. <laughs> Not, not for starting this by explaining to our podcast listeners how avocados work, something that I'm pretty confident we all knew. But for uh, I mean, for the people who think they're guacamole fruit, that might not, not be the but, case. But for not picking up a street avocado, <laughs> not see, not that's no, that's no. the type of labeling we're doing less of in in the 2000s. No, you know what? No. This is not an avocado that <laughs> fell out of the display at the grocery store and is still I mean, clearly in the confines of the place where the food is being sold. This is a rogue avocado on the streets of Arlington, Virginia. It's And maybe, maybe Arlington has cleaner streets than the average municipality in America. I, I still am pretty confident that you don't go around picking up street food like if it had been a bag of a sealed bag of avocado oil chips you wouldn't have picked them up uh, i don't know i really don't know i'm gonna I think know. about it more next time yeah. i'm confident that i know well the question is is if i walked back from the grocery store and i got home and i realized that i had dropped avocado along the way would i go back and look for it i up? don't know i don't know and the thing is is the 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 more the reason i wouldn't pick it up 
is that, oh, it could be somebody else's. <laughs> like, they're going to come back. Or more like, they're going to be upset that I took their avocado. So it's just this fear of confrontation, which is more of, like, a, a, a personal, deeper thing. Not It has nothing yeah. to do with the germs. I would pick up the bag of chips if I knew that it wasn't someone else's looking for it. It's the confrontation. It's an elaborate ruse where they have a, a secret camera trained on you, and if you pick up the avocado, you're going to be lured into, uh, like, Saw 9. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you, that's you, obviously you get cut what open it is. like an avocado, and they they take out your heart with that chip, uh, that trick where you get the the seed out exactly with just the, the knife exactly. All right, well, they they can contact us about that. Then <laughs> gave that one away for free. Oh my god, that was uh well okay, uh, that that was an apology I suppose. Uh, all right. Well, you have a lot to follow up with for the last uh. Big idea for the year because we've got a good topic, a good apology. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. Uh, we we do we close the show with a big <laughs> idea from pop culture, uh, and you know I, I, there certainly I don't I don't think there was a bigger thing happening in pop culture over the last week than Eddie Murphy returning to Saturday Night Live, and you know this is not like a a particularly zeitgeisty segment. I mean, sometimes I talk about like new music that I'm listening to, but it's really not all that current. Uh, and I pretty much never watch SNL. Uh, but I, I was compelled to to check out Eddie Murphy's return because notably like, he didn't even come back for uh, for the 40th anniversary a few years back uh he he did but he didn't he just kind of like walked on stage oh okay yeah yeah that's that's right he didn't really but he hadn't been on as a guest or anything in over 30 years correct um and it was great it was really good uh you know snl gets a lot of shit for kind of having run out of ideas or just not being that funny anymore and i think there's something to some of that a lot of it is just people you know, being grumpy curmudgeons about, well, the cast members I like aren't there anymore, so I'm just going to assume that the whole show is bad. But there were, you know, <clears throat> Eddie Murphy brought back his iconic characters like Buckwheat and Mr. Robinson, the uh, uh, sort of uh, bizarro Mr. Rogers, uh, and Velvet Jones, who is a a salesman shilling a, a line of books about wanting to be a hoe. Uh, and they, they put him on Black Jeopardy, which was just, it was a fun sketch. Uh, but it was, it was nice. It was, you know, it's a show that I really loved when I was in high school. Um, and, and so it was nice to be able to come back to it and feel like it was really great because I've fallen victim to some of the, uh, I don't really like it so much anymore stuff. Uh, so if you have a chance, go check out some of the Eddie Murphy sketches. You know, I know that YouTube is a great way to watch these things. Now Lizzo was the musical guest. She was good too. She did a version of truth hurts where that she had a, a great guitar player up on stage with her. Uh, yeah, there's support, a good support pop flautists. Huzzah! Really uh, indeed, there's a good sketch that was cut for time, uh, where uh, 
A.D. Bryant, like, kind of starts imitating Lizzo's approach to life and basically becomes her. Uh, it was it was neat. So, Eddie Murphy back on SNL. Uh, hopefully he will come back again at some point soon now. But, you know, even if he goes into hiding for another 30 <coughs> years, we at least, we got this and, and it was worth it. So, uh, okay. On that note, uh, that is the end of the show. Finally, I, I assume you were saying after our longest pod in quite a long time. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. If you do that, uh, you can get individual episodes of the show there, or you can subscribe to our feed on your podcast app of choice. Please uh, subscribe, leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share what we're doing with them as well. I believe that with our scheduling, we will be off for the next two weeks uh maybe just one but uh certainly we will be back at you in january uh and hopefully we will have some more better ideas than chip big boards uh Uh, you know or maybe it'll be more of the same who knows knows? maybe it'll be more as economists say you can't account for taste (laughs) that's right uh anyway uh Thank you so much to Kevin for being here. It was great to have you back. Yeah, great to be here. And uh, we'll we'll see you in 2020. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm here.